Welcome to the Champion Forward Podcast. Here we discuss the balance and relationship between elite sports performance and emotional health. We interview athletes, their families, and their coaches to hear their unique perspectives, identify how they've stayed connected along the way, and dive into their distinct purposes as human beings that transcend their performance as athletes. Join us on the journey. Welcome to the Champion Forward Podcast. <laughs> that was my best try. MC voice. That was my best try at, at, at being an MC. That's you, pretty good. I, you have all the voices. Can you do your MC? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Champion Forward Podcast. Yeah. We're here alongside 2016 okay, World yeah, Series MVP. Okay, that's enough. Ben Zobrist. That's enough. Thank you. At six foot three, 225 no. pounds out of Eureka, Illinois. No. Gotta stop. Okay. Yeah, if you're going to go that direction, you need to go like, at guard, 6'6", <laughs> six, six, from North Carolina. Okay. All right. Nobody can that do it close. like that guy. I know. The, Whoever that the guy song was going and all for the that. Chicago Bulls back in the day, he, with, oh man, with Sirius playing that in the background. That was as good as it got. That was the best pump up. Start Still to, to this day. Yes. Amazing. Still to this day. So, well, welcome back to the Champion Forward Podcast. We are doing something a little bit different today. Uh, this is our recap episode, Ben. We've done uh, 10 episodes, and so we are going to pause and go back and think about, man, what have we heard? We've had some unbelievable conversations, some guests who have brought tremendous amounts of wisdom. And so we're going to kind of pause, press the pause button, and reflect a little bit. This is going to be cool. I, I, I don't do that enough in my life. I think there's a lot of people that probably would agree with me. They, um, but I don't do it enough, so I'm glad we're doing this, especially when there was so much wisdom shared in the podcast, the first 10 episodes. Yeah. So let's jump into it. Right out of the gate, we interviewed you and your dad. Yeah, my pops. Tom. Pastor, PT, as Pastor, some, Pastor as some Tom. people call him, PT. Pastor Tom. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I just really want to focus on is we're going to be talking through the points that that we heard throughout these episodes. But then what we're going to do is we're going to overlay the points into our three pillars that we talk about of awareness, balance, and connection. And so the first point that your dad made was the importance of rest mm -hmm. and the focus on rest. And I think that falls under our category of balance which we talk a lot about is having just a healthy division of time, energy, and attention given to different responsibilities. And so when you think through that, I mean, that was, that was really important. Well, yeah, our, our family environment was, I wouldn't say always restful with five kids in the house and everybody doing different activities at different times, but because of church, because church broke things up on the weekends and midweek for us, it was definitely part of what was expected that we're because my dad's the pastor of a church we're all going to attend church and it broke up the sports uh and it wasn't like you could be a star and youth group you know you, if you were a star on the athletic field you still had to go and just be a part of the youth group and listen and learn and and grow and just socialize in different ways so that was a, a big part of our family environment i don't think we vacationed ever and my dad said this in the podcast their vacation was watching us play our games. So mm. that's how he kind of rested was let's go have fun and watch our kids do their sports. And then we'd, you know, we'd go watch, uh, I love Lucy, Nick at night. You know, when I was a kid, I remember <laughs> a lot of that oh. just chilling out, but 
just getting the whole family in front of the television and just <laughs> sitting down and watching TV. <laughs> okay, so the other thing we have to do on this episode, unfortunately, is out of caution and empathy for our listeners is we're going to have a time limit for the amount of time we okay, can spend on so each episode. Okay, so are we at our buzzer or something? Uh, we're getting close. We've got two minutes left. So okay, so... I talked about rest and can, you talked can, about watching Nick at night. <laughs> <laughs> can I say... That though there was a lot of purpose with our family in regards to that w- that was outside of sports yeah, for, for our sure. family. And when you talk about our faith and the importance of that in our life, um, but I think also the thing that stuck out to me is is my dad looking back on how he parented me. He he even was honest about like feeling like he put expectations on me that were too high at times, and I I love his humility. And being able to say that down, you know, now down the road, looking back. And I just think that's such an important point uh, for all of us parents to realize, hey, we're not going to get it right. And there's a lot of parents out there that probably feel uh, like they've blown it in certain regards. It's never too late to to start a new trend. However, there are some moments that you can't get back and it's okay to to express a sense of, hey, I didn't do that well. Or perfectly, and that's okay. I'm I'm growing. We're all in a growth process here, so I like how he uh, he brought that to the table. So we got one minute left on this episode. I recognize that, and the thing that he talked about was even on that car ride home when you weren't even in the car. <laughs> he ended up talking to your siblings about <laughs> about you yep. and your performance, and they had to be like, "Uh, Dad, Ben's He's not, in not here. here. Ben's Why not in here." But I think a, about I think a big testament to to the relationship that you've had with your dad is no matter what through thick and thin up and down through the years, they've been there. You guys still have a great flourishing relationship. And like you said, you know, ruptures happen, but the repair that can be uh, produced can actually make the relationship stronger. Absolutely. All right, let's jump forward. Episode number two. Remember who it was? Scott. No, Scott. I thought it was Mary Grace. Scott, Max and Aiden Hamilton. Oh, she was third. Yeah. Got it. So 1982 U.S. gold medalist, I don't know if it was 82, I hope that was right, uh, Scott Hamilton and his son Max and his son Aiden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1984. 1984. They brought the energy. I loved how they had all three of them, you know, and Scott with both <laughs> of his boys and how different his boys are mm-hmm. in their expressions. Yeah, the uh, MMA fighter who was like stoic as stoic gets. And then there was Max, who's like hosting the social trap and just, you know, <laughs> gregarious and in your face and hockey yeah. player. And and then Scott, who was a figure skater and, you know, he's been through so much in his life and he's been a public figure and he's done tons of TV stuff and how just so real he is and chill about being a parent. Mm. Uh, I, I just loved how his kids really like the way that they experienced his parenting was, hey, you're you're different than I am like he you could tell that the way that they've been parented is not to try to fit them into a mold he was just like you know there were certain character things that he put into them but he let them be who they were he did and he was encouraging of that but he also talked about uh I think it was I think it was Aiden who didn't want to play a sport anymore but he encouraged Aiden, okay, you don't want to play anymore, but let's just finish out the season. Let's stay committed to what you committed to. And I think when we talk about awareness, we talk about having a conscious knowledge of, of your thoughts and your feelings in patterns. 
And so we just, we recognize that the patterns that we live with in our lives actually manifest in different areas of our life. So that pattern of staying committed and Mm -hmm. no matter what, even when it wasn't enjoyable, actually is probably producing fruit in other areas of his life. Yeah. One thing Scott said about during his career was he would take breaks, you know, as he, as he was training really hard, he would always take those breaks, go into the mountains. I really, uh, remember connecting with that part of what he said, because I love to do the same. I like to go into the mountains and take breaks. And, uh, I just think that that rest in the midst of really high performance is such a key, you know, that to bringing a sense of balance and just a sense of awareness as well into, uh, and it's really a way to also connect with the creator, I think connect with yourself, uh, find a, a groundedness that maybe you lose at times when you're in the heat of competition. You have to create the space for connection many times. There's a, a quote I've often heard said is that quality time is a result of quantity time. Right. So we're all after this quality time, but you actually, t- to sometimes create that connection that you're desiring, you have to, to facilitate the space for that. So we got 30 seconds left. Well, one of the things I want to highlight is Scott's questions to his boys after bad performance. You know, he would, he, he would only ask them those a- after he was asked. He, yeah, he, he only responded if they asked if they him. asked the question, mm. right? So he had things to say, but he would keep his mouth quiet unless he knew that they were ready to hear it. And I just think that's such an important point for parents or coaches at times. Next one was... Mary Grace and Mark Elliott. Mary Grace was a social-emotional counselor uh, for high school, and Mark was the athletic director for the university. Mm-hmm. Mark and Mary Grace. Mary, Mary Grace is a really sharp uh, young lady who works with a lot of youth in the Nashville area uh, at Lipscomb Academy, uh, but she's, she's basically a counselor for them uh, at the same time as um, you know working with young athletes. And so... I, I think Mark being an athletic director at a college nearby and them always kind of as a family, they all experienced sports together. It was really a family affair from a very young age uh, doing sports. And so she kind of grew up in that. That's what gave her a lot of her ability to know what an athlete's going through. Um, she's She's got a feel for not just the not just the sports side of things, but I think also the, um, the, the personal side that a lot of young athletes are dealing with. Um, and, and it was cool to kind of hear how he supported that early on in her life. Mm-hmm. And the same with kind of back to the same sentiment of your dad, where he was admiss- admitting where he maybe fell short and where he was maybe placing too much expectation but the other thing that Mary Grace was brought up in regards to that was the importance of athletes having a, kind of that support system outside of just their parents and coaches, someone who isn't necessarily invested in their success on the field. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's a really important point. Um, and she kind of comes around some of those athletes with their parents, right? Mm-hmm. She, I think it's important to, as a parent or a coach to recognize that, that the young athlete is going to need more than just you. Even if you're the parent, the parent is the primary most important piece. I mean, if everybody else is a problem in the life, if the parent does their own work, then it will have a positive impact on the young athlete, but they will also need, uh, 
more support. The, the more support you can give them, the better. <clears throat> we have about 60 seconds left on this one. And Mark Elliott, this has stuck with me. He said, I wish more kids came into college wanting to be a good teammate. Mm. He said, I wish, and this is something that, um, you know, my hope is for the people that I work with is they just wish they were better teammates. Are you talking about me? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I've tried to be a good teammate. You're a good teammate. Your sarcasm is getting so good that sometimes I have to like pause and wait. Wait, is he? Well, he's wait, he's trying to wait, talk about me right wait, now. Hang on. But I, I think the point to that is having an awareness. Again, back to one of our pillars, an awareness of that is, is am, am I, was I as good a teammate as I could be today? Am I going in this with just thinking about the name on the back or am I worried about the name on the front and lifting up my teammates? And it's he, Mark even said when, when, when athletes come in with that mindset, it's amazing how good things start to happen for them. Very true. All right, J.C. Carroll. By the way, y'all look like brothers. That was awesome. <laughs> he had the yeah, he, yeah, well, he's, a, he's a, a stud. I mean, definitely a stud. I'm not saying that about myself. <laughs> yeah, that was he's, perfectly timed. He's far more of a stud. <laughs> Uh, no, the things that stuck out with JC, he, uh, really, really sharp guy. Uh, you can tell he's very, uh, um, very intellectual. Obviously he was an intellectual player. He knew how to play the game and learn the game. And, and, and now he's coaching the game with young athletes and he, and he's got kids of his own that he's coaching. The things that really stuck out that it was early on in his, early on in his, uh, development, his level of commitment and discipline, even like as an eighth grader mm -hmm. to, to be, you know, he was a swimmer, but he was also a ba basketball player and like the coach giving them, here's the amount of shots you need to take. And he like took it so seriously as a kid. He, put, he was one of the only guys he, to get up the 10,000. He, he shots actually did it. Yeah. He, he like, he thought, wait, you know, this is something I really should be doing. And he mm -hmm. actually took it seriously. And I think for young athletes, if they really say, that they want to be serious about their sport, but they're not willing to put in that discipline and that hard work at a young age like that, you're not going to make it where you want to make it. You might have an idea of like, oh, I'd love to do this and be this at some point. But until you're willing to do the hard work that he was willing to do, even as an eighth grader, mm -hmm. like he built that character in himself. And I'm sure his parents helped him build that as well. He talked about that. But, but even as he started to get success, one of the things that stuck out to me that he said was um, basically be humble because if not, God will humble you. So stay gracious in your successes, mm -hmm. you know? And I thought it's like, he had a lot of success in high school. He's one of the best players of in high school. And then he went to college and he crushed it in college when he, when he played Then he went to pro ball, you know, it's like he had a ton of success, did a lot of winning. But he's still a guy that's pointing back to saying, be gracious and you're winning. Mm -hmm. And and you, I just think that that's not something that people talk about very often. Now yeah. it's all about hyping yourself up even more and making yourself to be even greater than you might be. Which is like quicksand. I mean, I, th I think that's like quicksand. But with JC, what stuck out big time was as you he like trust the process you know it was like he allowed somebody to come alongside him he trusted his coaches and his coaches says hey if you do this right there will be long-term fruit from that and i yeah. think so often we don't have again the awareness to understand that there's people who've gone before us 
But the biggest one, I've thought about this a lot. I've talked to people about this a lot. Was the two-year two-year mission? Yep. I, I mean, it. that's wild. The level like, of the level balance. of convi- well conviction that he had in balance to give the healthy time, attention, and energy to his other roles and responsibilities in life. Which, when you look at that and you go, you're going to take two years off from 18 to yeah. 20. You're prime. And he went and did it, and look where it took him. I mean, it was, yeah. and, it, and that still, actually prepared him. We talked about this and prepared him to be able to then go play pro ball in Spain because he was bilingual. That's right. That's right. Dave and Daniel Austin. What a fun story. Oh yeah. Miracle story. Yes. Dave's, uh, Daniel's a miracle man. Daniel is the good luck charm wherever he goes. And they talked about that a little bit, but what I love is their family and I know their family personally. So I've, I've watched their family do things together and the way that they are with each other and Dave kind of as the patriarch and Kathy, uh, you know, they then having their boys around and now daughter-in-laws and things like that. And then you got Daniel, who's always been, you know, the youngest one and they could have easily been like, well, he can't be a part of this and he can't be a part of that. And, and always looking at like, oh, the limitations that even the doctor said very early on that he would have. And they've done the opposite of that. They have, they have said, he's coming with us everywhere we go. They've said, you can do it, man. Let's do, let's do this. Let's, let's take up this challenge. And a lot of that has to do with Dave's own coaching. He's a performance coach himself. And he talks a lot about, uh, uh, he's very positive and he's very, uh, uh, very much a, a believer and a visionary, a faith guy, his faith and belief in your own skills and belief in, in, you know, even higher power and, and trusting the process, all those things. Dave's a big time believer in all of that. He had said what you feed will grow and what you starve will die. And to me, that's just, an, an, again, back to the awareness, awareness of what are my, what am I speaking? What are my thoughts? What am I, what am I feeding? And the importance of that. And then he talked about, I loved this, the gift of nerves. Mm-hmm. So he was a professional tennis player. Mm-hmm. I wonder, have you guys played against each other? We, we played with each other, not okay. against each other, really. We were playing doubles. Yeah. And, and I was, I that was like the first time I'd played tennis in probably 20 years. I've heard he's so still he was giving it. me a little bit of uh cues. Now I started playing tennis recently a lot more. Now I, I really want to want to show him what I can do. I want to like, Hey coach, coach Dave, watch this and tell me, and he'll probably be like, well, you let's tweak this and tweak that. He probably could help me tweak some things, but, um, he's, uh, well, I have a buddy that played in the he major was leagues and he told me one of the most important things is all about making adjustments. Really? So, well, I should talk to that guy at some point because uh, that's you, know, you can you can connect. Can with we your, get him on the podcast? You can connect with yourself. Already did first episode. Oh, um, so <laughs> the the gift of nerves, though. I I think we talk a lot about performance pressure, and you you really can't eliminate pressure. Like you can't. I don't think you can necessarily just get rid of it. But when you can start to understand the positive aspect of it and the gift of it and understand how to channel it and harness it, which is what we talk a lot about with the emotional versatility side of things is mm-hmm. how can I be aware of what my feelings are saying? How can I interpret what they're trying to tell me? And then how can I utilize that information to succeed? Yeah. Those are all great, great points. And thank you. Thank you for bringing them back up. We are all more blessed to have you a part of this podcast. Episode seven, <laughs> Travis Hafner, pronk, donk jet. 
Pronk. Dude, he was an absolute animal out on the field. <laughs> and it was it was it's really cool when you face a guy and you see him from the other side of the field and he he's he's feared as far as uh an opponent goes and then you see him bring it down to earth and meet you on the same level and recognize that he's a human being like everybody else and he's trying to make the same adjustments as a coach and as a parent mm-hmm. and in you know his former playing capacity so it was really cool to to have him on the podcast no high school team <laughs> that is how crazy is that right uh that's that's crazy that he didn't even have a team to play for. I mean, obviously his talent eventually shown out, but he had to believe that things were possible that in a small town, how many other guys that he grew up with could could have ever believed that he could he could push himself to the level of being the kind of player he was. Yeah. Well, he said he you know, playing multiple sports was helpful, taking breaks was helpful. Sounds like and he said success leaves clues. We're starting to hear that from some of the guys that we talked to. For sure. You know, there was also the threat of, I mean, he worked on a farm as a kid. Discipline and, and worth it. He, he had the work ethic. And so I'm sure, and he didn't love it. He's like, like if you're a parent and you're like making your kid do work, don't worry. Just because they don't love it doesn't mean it's not going to benefit them down the road. And he knew that like, look, if I, if I don't want to be working like this all the time, then I've got to push myself to greater Great, stretch myself in different ways, and and he and he knew that that sports could be that potential opportunity for. And him. then when he got out of sports, he he noticed the travel baseball that was going on, and he said, "You know what? I actually want to step in, and I want to try to make some changes and create some positive environment myself." And so now he's running and coaching uh, a team, and he's focused on that culture. And I love that he talked about the ACE acronym. You're a big acronym guy. I love acronyms. Uh, attitude, concentration, and effort. Yeah, those are simple, you know, that, and we're going to talk about simplicity in a second when I talk about Coach Curtis, but anytime you're coaching youth, younger people, you know, uh, under the ages of the, the, the really elite amateurs, uh, I think you got to keep it simple and you got to focus on just a few keys that you're really going to challenge them on on a regular basis. And, and that's, those are the things that kids end up remembering. You know, I, I also want to point out with his particular story, before he even got to retirement, injury was a big, a big challenge for him. And, and he had to work through that stuff and find new ways, new roles on the team while he was injured. Uh, you know, he went from being the star and the guy in the middle of the lineup that they really needed. Yeah, to you, like, you said he was like MVP. He was season. MVP caliber numbers. And then he got derailed the last month of the season. Broke his hand or something. Yeah. And, and because of that, he, you know, then he's sitting there like feeling useless. And there's a, there's a whole, uh, identity crisis that happens in any athlete that, especially a star that was playing a ton. And then all of a sudden they can't play at all. And then you're trying to figure out, well, who am I now that I'm not out on the field performing? And I think, I think, uh, starting to do some of that work of connecting to, you know, and being aware of what's actually going on inside during those moments. I have a two piece, two pieces okay, need, with connection okay, that I need it. to get in. The first was, he had said, this was, quote, if you want to have an impact, if you want to leave a legacy behind, it has to be through relationships. The mm. importance of connecting with others. Yes. But then here was the other one he said, your ministry, he said, this was a quote, your ministry is often one of the toughest things that you've ever had to deal with in your own life. 
And so I know you and I are both passionate about taking time to connect with yourself and connect with your own story. 100%. Understanding yeah. what are those tough things I've been your through. Your pain can turn into your greatest purpose if you allow it to. Episode 8. ESPN 8, The Ocho. Coach Gertis. Yes. Coach Curtis, legendary Standing Coach Curtis. Ovation. As a matter of fact, we're doing this podcast uh, the day after Halloween, and I just got a text message yesterday saying Coach Curtis, one of his neighbors, dressed up as Coach Curtis <laughs> for Halloween. So he's now a Halloween costume and, for those of you. For for the listeners out there, uh, we're grateful that you're listening and sharing and spreading the word, and hopefully it's creating some positive impact. Um, if it is, you could shoot us an email, info or John, either one at championford.org, um, or if you have any recommended guests to be on the show. But for whatever reason, the Coach Gertis podcast, not for whatever reason, we didn't market it. We didn't, I haven't seen anywhere that it's really been shared, but it has been far and above the most listened to po- podcast episode. Well, he he is brilliant in his uh, tactics and simplicity. I mean, I think Coach Coach just is who he is all the time, very authentic. And the things that stuck out to me that, that he said, there were certain things that he said that I would not have guessed. Uh, but like one of the things he said that stuck out to me that he said about the way he felt about his players is he was very sensitive. He was more sensitive than he let on. He did care about keeping it fun and and the kids enjoying themselves. And, and he could tell, like he would make adjustments when that wasn't happening, but he wasn't making adjustments in the simplicity and consistency of his coaching, you know, things that he was convicted about. So like, that's, that's a really big challenge. I think for a lot of coaches is how do you build your program, your culture, your consistency, your, the way that you like to do things, but also be sensitive to the players and the families. And he just found a sweet spot there. I think early on at Eureka. And then he said it winning helps winning does help especially early on but uh it was it was just uh magical to be coached by a guy like that but it's just the the kind of person that he's been even since he's been retired and how how still connected he is to the community speaks to the longevity and the importance of longevity for those coaches that can stick in it. i loved his self-awareness too of the way in which he went about his business as a coach he said my role is to coach them in practice you want to say it with his, go no, ahead. I can't, I can't. Yeah, you've tried. I tried and I can't do it enough to honor him. So we're, I won't. Say it, but what, what are you trying to say? Say it again. No, he said can't, what? I can't. The way, in, <laughs> I can't do it. The way in which he honored just his practice and preparation. I loved that. For me, that's even been helpful looking through the lens of like, when the game came, it was like, I, I didn't need to, to teach them. That was the time to execute. Yes. Yeah. Why don't and you he, give it a try? Ah, uh, Ben, why don't you go over there and pick up a couple rocks and bring them back over to the field? Actually, check that. Take the rocks and put them off the field. <laughs> oh, he's enjoyable to listen to. He's the best. Uh, enunciates and very I hope well. That, I hope that that doesn't offend him that I just did his voice. Everybody's got a Coach Gerda's voice in Eureka. Yeah. They because all we all try. No one can really match Imitation it. Imitation is the highest form of flattery. It's and especially when it comes to his voice. And so the last thing I'll say, we got thirty seconds. Is uh, I loved it, the simplicity. He kept it simple. 
That's huge. Yeah. That's huge when we think about awareness. You think about um, balance. It's like, it seems like we're, we're, everything's so much more complex now. Mm. And so simplifying can actually create some effectiveness. <laughs> he, you know, he's really funny too. That's one other thing I'm going to say. There was one time I was at seventh grade basketball practice. I think I fell in practice and he was like, why did you just trip and fall? And he said, Ben forgot to tell you. They painted a couple extra extra paint lines last night and you just tripped over them. Sorry about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, what a good sense of humor. Episode 9. Gina McCorkle and Stephanie Bernthal. Okay. Couple of powerhouse female athletes, coaches, now in administration yeah. roles. I think uh, I took the most roles. notes with those two ladies, uh, with what all the things that they were saying um, that I thought were just dynamite. So, but a couple of things that stuck out were um, Gina saying her the way she would sign off everything was go beyond lukewarm. I think that that encompasses a lot of her her viewpoint on life and coaching these these young women. It was go beyond lukewarm. Don't just do what you know how to do. Do more than that. Um, and I think that that's the way she hired her coaches based on hiring Stephanie. I think that's the way she wanted to pull out from those young girls in college. Like, how do I pull out the best from them? Not just on the field, not just what we're trying to do in the sport, but how do I help them develop and become the best version of themselves? And one of the things that Stephanie said to, to compliment that was what you see on the surface is never the whole picture. Mm. She talked about that and that's part of what drove her into being a counselor after she ended coaching. Uh, and, and because she's like, there is so much more to what these girls may have been going through while they're playing the sport. And she would see how things were affecting them and go, they need some really quality work at times. And, and then Gina kind of wrapped it all together at the end by basically saying, you have to be patient. You're going to, we're going to push them to go out of their comfort zone and become even more than what they're capable of becoming right now. Uh, but she said, some of them don't want that. Some of them didn't want to dig deep at times and you got to be patient with the process of when, you know, what journey somebody might be on. And I, it just the sensitivity and the real, uh, uh, kind of deliberate nature, the intentionality of her, uh, really trying to develop not only the coaching staff, but also the players in her programs was, was just really cool. I love the embodiment. They talked about just embodying it. And I think is if you're a competitor and you're trying to be the best leader and player that you can be, or if you're a caretaker and you're wanting to be the best you know, mm. parent and example, or if you're the coach, the embodiment of it, You'll never go wrong with that. She said, the quote I have written down is, people will never rise to a standard that you are not willing to live out yourself. So she she obviously was, was they were watching every move she made, you know, especially the coaches like yeah. Stephanie. And uh, she allowed, she delegated well, but she also allowed there to be uh, authenticity and... Uh, she didn't have to have control of everything. So 30 seconds left on this one. She, she created a culture of empowerment and ongoing communication and consistent communication. I think if you're a, if you're a parent, a caretaker, you have the opportunity to create a culture inside your family. Are you creating a culture where authentic communication is valued and you're set aside in the time for that? 
And if you're a coach, are you creating that culture inside your team, inside your organization? Mm-hmm. Takes intentionality. Yeah. And it's not maybe, easy. Maybe a few less skills, yeah. like physical stuff, <laughs> yeah. a few less trainings of the physical and a little more training of the emotional and the social side. So as we wrap team up building. here, episode 10, Mario Garza. Most recent. Mario, an old buddy from my playing days. The glory days back in the Houston Astros system. Now he's a, an amazing development coach for the, the powerful New York Yankees organization. Uh, Mario You've got to compete against yourself to become the best version of yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. He definitely talked about that. Uh, another thing, two a words that, that stuck out to me, adaptability and authenticity. He talked about for the players, as far as when they're evaluating, how adaptable is a player to different environments? Adaptability is important. As a coach in his own development, he, he talked about authenticity. You know, am I truly being authentic in the way that I'm experiencing all of this? Uh, so, so that was, those were some things that, that the A words that stuck out to me, some E words that stuck out to me here. Evaluation, the long view of evaluation, if you're an evaluator. Don't, don't take any one moment or even a week or two of, of a player's development and just make an assumption based on that. you got to take the long view of evaluation. And then also be very clear in expectations for players. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they really try to work hard at doing in that organization and teaching the coaches how to do with the players. Because yeah. if they communicate those expectations well and clearly, then... You know, young men especially, they want to be treated like young men. Tell me what the truth is. Tell me where I'm at and let me see if I can work myself into a better position in the organization. Or, you know, if I don't like it, at least you're being honest with me. And and um, and then it's clear what's expected. Yeah, and the connection side of things, we talk about connection really being a meaningful interaction through authentic communication that includes feedback. And I think he even alluded to that. The work that he's done is he realized, you know what, I, I wasn't totally authentic in a lot of my communication, and I wasn't even really sure why. And he's realized how relationally that's benefited him at home and at work uh, and in his ability to positively impact those around him is that authentic communication. And then we talk about the, the self-awareness side of things. The awareness is that conscious knowledge of, of patterns or behavior. And we talk about in our tag, one of our taglines is digging deep. And the mm-hmm. reason we say that is because it's tough. It's hard. But I think when you talk about that evaluation, if you're a competitor out there, you're a parent out there, like what's the, what's the hard thing that you're afraid to, to look at in your life? What's the, are you, are you performing, you know, like I had said, when I was younger in in the golf, I realized, yeah, I was wanting my coach just to see that I was doing the right thing, even though I maybe wasn't doing the right thing for myself for the right reasons. And, um, I think if you can start to have that awareness yourself, it's only going to benefit you later on in life. Yeah, absolutely. Such an important part of development. And if we can if we can build that the earlier, the better. And that's kind of part of why we're doing this, man. We, 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 I wish I had this to draw from the, the wisdom of some of the people. I mean, that, I can't imagine talked. where you would be if you would have had this. We would have had nine, ten World Series trophies around, multiple Camaros. It would have been... <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, Listen, kidding. we're lucky that 
I experienced any of that. Well, we, I, I we, feel really lucky. Well, you want to know what I feel lucky about is that, yes, you were World Series MVP, and that's awesome, the most valuable player. But we talk about MVP being the most versatile player and most versatile person. And I'm grateful that the work that you've done has allowed you to be versatile, to be just the awesome guy that you are. Wow. Was that a real compliment that I just heard? Or was that was there some sarcasm in there? Because I'm used to the sarcasm at this well, point. Well, to wrap this up, uh, from my own self-awareness work, is that you start to realize sometimes you, you have flattery. And, I, and I'm, I'm not as forward with my com, uh, compliments as I once was because I want to make sure that when I give them, I actually mean them. Okay, so you mean it? I you really mean, mean it. it, John? I really mean it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't end the Garza episode without talking about the normalization of failure. Hey, I mean, what are we doing if we think we're going to not fail? We're not doing enough that's challenging us if we're never failing, right? So we better be failing. Fail. Like, that's how you grow. Yeah. And then using the failure as growth, as information. To reflect, to reflect and to grow. Mm-hmm. And so that was, um, that was awesome. Well, that's our first, that's our recap episode. Well, I, that was a new experience. Uh, I hope that uh, it's beneficial to people and uh, I hope we can do it again on number 20. 21. 21. Yeah. Until next time. This was episode 11 technically. Yeah. So we'll do it again on 21. Until next time. Until next time. Remember, continue to reflect. Maybe take a moment and pause in your own life today. What have you been learning the last few months? Whether it's through something that you've heard here at Champion Forward, whether it's outside of this, but so often we get on this treadmill of life where we don't press pause to reflect on what have I been learning? Where have I been growing? Maybe where have I been you know, falling short in a few areas? And I think today was an episode that we wanted to do to, to model that behavior and that, hey, let's just not keep plowing through. Let's pause and reflect on this as we let it marinate and think about how's it uh, showing up in our life. Absolutely. Well, Ben, thanks for bringing your best as always. That, see, that was fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next time. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Champion Forward podcast. If you want to get access to exclusive content, attend private live stream events with elite performance coaches and athletes, and tap into some of the leading research on emotional health and sports performance, then join our Champion Forward Inner Circle program. You can find out more at championforward.org. That's championforward.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.